keep your sexy thoughts about me and our guests to yourself, no matter how wonderfully perverted they are. Go listen to the outro if you want to connect and enjoy. Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wiley, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where strangers come on and answer questions that I couldn't ask in most other contexts, all in an effort to share openly and honestly so that we can practice and explore our loving behaviors and experience satisfying human connection. Our guest today is a 22-year-old bisexual woman. She's into kink, BDSM, praise, and degradation. In school to become a French teacher, a Pakistani Muslim from Canada, welcome, Andy. Hello, hello. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> Can you please rate yourself on a sexual shame-o-meter today, with 10 being the most full of shame and 1 being not so shamey? So I'd like to rate myself at like a 1. I've never really been ashamed of who I am or my sexuality. I pride myself in who I am and what I enjoy, especially because I grew up in this environment as a queer Pakistani woman, and there's little to no representation. So I always found that you should be confident, and you should never be ashamed of what you like, because there's other people that like it too. And so that's why I actually started listening to this podcast. I was like, oh my god, like, there's so much like talking about sex and talking about sex positivity. I love it. I'm here for it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Give us a little overview, a snapshot of what your sex life is like right now. So I'm pretty sexually active right now. Congrats. Thank you. It's a great (laughs) feeling. (laughs) I recently started a partnership, I would say, with a friend of mine. And so we're exploring that sexually. It's great. I love it. Before that, it was kind of on and off. I was mostly into the hookup culture Mm. where I would hook up with someone every once in a while. So it wasn't as frequent, but now I would say it's very frequent, very regular. Awesome. Okay. And tell us, what does sexy mean to you? Sexy to me is confidence. I think sexy is when you feel yourself in such a way and you love the way you are, the way who you are, how you act, everything about it. I just Confidence is sexy to me. Okay. Take us back to your early years. When do you first remember hearing about sex? What do you remember thinking and feeling? The first time I heard about sex, I was in grade three. And it was actually about scissoring. These two girls in my class had talked about scissoring. And grade three, me was like, oh, like, you know, what you used to cut paper, scissors? And they just laughed at me. So then I didn't understand why they were laughing at me. And so I kind of did my own Googling and research. And then I realized, oh, scissoring is a, is a sexual term for lesbians. So then I was like, oh, interesting. And then I kind of got into that. When I read the word lesbian, I remember getting tingly. So I was like, oh, what is this? And then I would like look into it more. And then I would watch videos. And I was like, oh, I like this. Okay. And then what happened? Did you ever get a sex talk? What was your family like around sex? And did anyone ever teach you about the idea of consent? No. So in my family, growing up in a Pakistani Muslim household, there was no talk about sex. It was tabooed. We weren't allowed to watch like animated kissing scenes either. My mom and dad would be like, forward it. You're not allowed to watch it. So it was, I didn't know what it was at the time, but I knew it was wrong. So I knew that I wasn't allowed to look at it. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. And then I never got a consent talk, which I think is really important to have because, you know, like you're not aware of certain things when you're younger and then you grow up and you're like, hold on, like maybe that wasn't okay. Like I, could have been asked if that was okay. So it was a very strict household. Even now, we don't talk about 
sex or anything. Like we talk about marriage. Mm. There's no in between. There's a, okay, you're single, you're single. Here's somebody, get married. That's it. Oh, wow. Okay. So how does being queer factor into that? So I realized I was into men and women probably like around a year ago, maybe two years ago. And it was something I had always like known about myself just because of what I'm into. On those tingly feelings when you were in grade yeah. three. <laughs> always tingly feelings. Sometimes it's more intense now. But yeah, I was never allowed to talk about it. My parents are homophobic. So I know it's not something they would totally agree with. Also, it doesn't fall within the Muslim values. So I just keep it to myself. I am like out to my older brother and my cousin, some of my cousins. Okay. But it doesn't it doesn't bother me because I think I have a strong support system that I don't feel the need to come out to my parents. Okay. Oh, I want to hear more about that. But first, tell us, did you get a sex talk in school? What was sex ed like for you? Sex ed was, quite honestly, I don't remember them talking a lot about sex. I remember them talking about more of health. So I remember talking more about periods and menstrual cycles and what to use and things like that. I don't remember getting a sex talk. The one thing that I might remember was we had a co-ed course once, and they just taught us how to put a condom on a banana. Hmm. That's about it, because it's more focused on men's sexual health, where it's not more so focused on women's and, you know, things that we can do and protective measures we can take, such as like birth control and stuff like that. Aside from the two people that were talking about scissoring, were you exposed to sexual ideas or talk or things at school? You know, the guys would just make like moaning noises at recess or at lunch. In what context? <laughs> like, were they just like, <laughs> like, yeah, they would be doing a math lesson and the teacher would write 16 and they'd be like, oh, we'd be like, oh my gosh, it's just a number. Why are we moaning? <laughs> it's, it's become my favorite number. It follows me everywhere. <laughs> I mean, if it follows you everywhere, it's got to mean something. Yeah. What can we do? Okay. Okay. So what about explorations or in your friend groups? Like, was there talk there? In my friend group, everyone that I was friends with was really reserved and really shy. So if there was a, a sexual discovery that I made, I kind of would tease at it and like hint at it and see their reactions. But I never got anything or I got a ew. So I would just keep it to myself. And then when I got older, and quite honestly, it was more when I went to university, mm -hmm. I had found more people that were interested in sex and, and masturbation talk. So I was more open about talking about it there, which I loved loved it amazing okay before we get there tell us about your early explorations with yourself with your body so i again with the scissoring in grade three that obviously opened up to a lot of feelings and i always felt this need that if i saw something arousing i felt like i needed to pee so i would go sit on the toilet and i would literally sit on the toilet for like 20 minutes and i wouldn't pee so i'm like why do i have this feeling of peeing then i realized like one time I tried to wipe myself and I was like, oh, hold on, let me try that again. And then I realized, like, then I started to learn about, like, my clit and, like, my labia, my everything. So then I started to touch myself there. And then I would look up lesbian porn and then I would just start to touch myself. Obviously, I don't think I orgasmed because I don't think I even knew what that was. Mm. But I started to touch myself at a very young age. I think it was 10. Okay. Do you remember how old you were when you started looking at porn? Probably around 10. After I started touching myself, then I would find other things that I could do that, like, aroused me. Like, one time I think I took a spoon and I put it on my neck because I would see people kiss each other's neck. And I thought, oh, maybe that'll work. It was just cold. <laughs> I didn't really enjoy it. Do you remember where you got that idea? That's cute. 
Well, I just thought kissing. And then when I think of kissing, I think I would see like the spit. Mm. So I would think, ooh, spit, like what can I like, you know? And then I would see, I was just one in the kitchen. I just saw a spoon. So I grabbed it and put yeah. it on my neck and it didn't have the same effect. But I had the right idea. That's great. Okay. Oh, and then when you were first discovering yourself, it sounds like it was on the toilet, quite literally. Did your young person self know that you could touch yourself places that were not on the toilet? Like, were, or were your explorations like in the bathroom for that reason? So I think they started in the bathroom. But then once I like would leave the bathroom, like I would go to like my bed. Mm. Then I would realize I could touch myself really anywhere okay. as long as I was quiet and it wasn't by my family. Right. <laughs> and they never like caught you or anything, right? No, I'm very, I'm very careful. Even now I'm very careful what I do and everything just because I, I know my boundaries within my family and I can't get caught because I know the outcome. Okay. Okay. So were you even allowed to like date in any way, shape or form visible to them? No. Okay. Okay. No, not at all. We actually, if there was any mention of a boy that I would talk about, it would be no, I wasn't even allowed to have guy friends when I was younger. It was very difficult because of the way my parents grew up. Like my dad grew up in Pakistan and my mom grew up here in Canada, but she traveled back and forth between Pakistan and here a lot. Mm. So they were both raised as very traditional, stay at home, go to school, you get married, that's it. And they had an arranged marriage. So they never even got to explore any aspect of it. What was that like for you with that as your model growing up? I discovered that I'm really emotionally detached and I'm very emotionally unavailable because I was never exposed to any form of love, literally any void of love. There was no love between my parents. There was no love in my house. Like there was no love in TV, really. So there was there was literally no exposure for me. So I kind of had to discover it myself through going to school or like listening to people's relationship problems and stuff. And But that's when I realized that I think I was a little damaged because I would hear people's problems and I would think that is horrible. I don't want a relationship. That sounds like nothing I'd ever want. Like I'm not interested in that at all. Yeah. How does love factor into your sex life for you? Like either with yourself or with other people? Like has that, does that come up for you? So love recently came up to me, like really recently. Before that, I like had never liked anybody I never loved anybody I was never into that I used to think love was gross (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is it expected for you to have an arranged marriage or what are the expectations in your family now so because my parents grew up in an arranged marriage I've actually been approached a few times about having an arranged marriage but because of the way my mom went through this arranged marriage she has like spoken to me says I don't want that for you that's not something I think you'd enjoy and I wouldn't but my father has brought it on to me a couple of times because my family was all grown up here like my brothers and my mom my brothers are very like they're like no she can't do that we're not letting that happen my mom is also like no like you know let her figure it out but my mom's way of finding love is very very different as well yeah she believes that I should be friends with a guy for my whole life and then don't date them you can't do anything with them one day just say maybe we should get married and then get married (laughs) so that's that's her take on it I mean at least she has a solution a lot of times when people don't like something they don't have an alternative solution so I guess we have to give her credit for that but oh yeah I give her credit where it's due do you have a lifelong friend like waiting in the wings as a possibility (laughs) (laughs) my partner now is actually the friend I used to joke about we should get married single okay yeah. okay I'm kind of going out of order and skipping ahead let's I want to get there but 
take us through yeah. your teen years. So it sounds like you couldn't date, but did you, were there explorations that happened with partners at all? Like, when did that start for you? So going into high school, I was never really attracted to anybody at my school, just because everybody that I had gone to school with, I've known them since I was in grade one. Mm. So nothing ever stuck out to me. But when I started working, I worked at a pool and that's when I met other people. And I got to like branch out and see other other kinds of people other than the people I went to school with my whole life because I was I didn't have a social life either. So then when I went to work, there was one of my coworkers who had expressed some interest in me, and I was a little shocked. What do you mean you? What do you mean you want to take me to the movies on Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day is a real holiday. And so what ended up happening was he ended up texting me and saying we should go to the library and go study. 17-year-old me is thinking, okay, like, we'll go study. I bring my book bag. I bring my laptop. I got to the library. He goes, no, we can just sit in the back of your car. So we sit in the back of my car, and that's where I had my first kiss, and that was my first anything with a guy Mm -hmm. or anybody in that matter. Mm -hmm. So I had, it was very interesting to me. And then obviously one thing led to another, and it was just the back to the car. And I was like, interesting. This This is physical touch. So when I had my first kiss, we pulled away and then we started making out a little bit. And once I pulled away from making out, I thought, gross. I wiped my face because it was full of saliva. It was, it was so disgusting. I was like, this is not for me. I'm not going to enjoy this. And then after we had gone home, we had hung out the next time. And then we got more into oral sex, which I really enjoy, really enjoy. And then the feeling was great. I just loved being pleasured. I loved pleasuring I love touching the eye contact it was great to me I just felt very warm I felt warm okay so that was a lot that happened in the backseat of your car you said yeah everything all of my firsts have been in the backseat of cars because we can't go to anybody's house totally yeah and so you ended up dating for a little bit no I just ended up hooking up with him for a while because I was in my final year of high school Mm -hmm. and then I was going to university which was a lot further away from home and so he had reached out right before school started. Would you like to go out again? And I said, no, I'm going to university. I am not interested in anything. And that was it. Every time I would come home, like when we had like our fall breaks or winter breaks or whatever, he would hit me up like, hey, you mm-hmm. in town, you here. And I just wasn't interested in seeing him again. Okay. So I would just say, no, I'm okay. Even he's hit me up a couple of times recently. And I'm just like, sir, you need to move on. <laughs> There's a lot of boomerangs that's, you know, and sometimes, sometimes it's the right vibe for a boomerang. So, you know, I don't begrudge them usually, but okay. So who was next? So after him, we went into first year. And also what was interesting was I had never drank or smoked or done anything. So university was also my way of exploring that. And then I realized that when you're under the influence, how much more intense your horniness feels and how much more you're like, wow, I need someone right now. I'm laughing because that's just not what I thought you were going to say. Cause I've been oh. listening. <laughs> I've been listening to these sex ed books that are like, and the influence of alcohol affects your decision-making, but it's like, yeah, I have the same experience. Yes. I get totally horny when I used to drink. I don't drink anymore, but like if I'm under the influence of anything, I want to touch everyone. And yeah. Okay. So what was it like for you? What happened? Yeah. So the first time I drank, I just remember nothing quite honestly, Mm. but I do remember being told that I was 
very touchy. And I think it might have been a new environment, so I wasn't open to pursuing anything like with anyone, but I was touchy with like all of these people I just met at the party. I would kiss people on the cheek. Like it was just so much fun. And then when I got into my next partner, my next partner was in the following summer, mm-hmm. I believe. Because all through first year I was just focused on school and too busy under the influence and touching and all of this. Mm-hmm. But the following summer, it was actually someone that I also worked with back here. And we had gone out a couple of days. And then we had more oral relations, which I really like to focus on. Just because I feel like, I personally, I think oral sex is more intimate than sex. Ooh, tell us more. And how do you define sex? Let's go ahead and define everything. Like, when does it count as sex? Oh, um, interesting. So with women, I've never really known what to count as sex because, again, it's kind of new to me. When we both perform oral and then there's some finger penetration, I count that as sex. Like Mm -hmm. that all to me is sex. Mm -hmm. With a man, I would just think sex is foreplay and then sex is actually the motion of the, the penis going into the vagina. Okay, so this partner that you had in the summertime, did it have a pole or a hole? It had a pole. Okay, okay. I also got a hole, but it's got a pole. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I should have said a, a pole or a couple of holes. Okay, okay. <laughs> so it was also male. He was very sweet, very nice. We saw each other all summer. This is going to sound so bad. I don't think I was really into him when I think about it later on because there was no, like I wouldn't get wet. Like I wasn't wet enough that I found myself to be extremely turned on around him. Wait. What's the part of you that wants to label it bad? What is that voice? Oh, so when I label it bad, I'm just thinking I'm not wet. Like my body's not interested. Mm, but I heard that your brain is very horny, yeah? My brain is very horny, yeah. Okay, well, so I just I just pick it out because I'm listening in myself for when I say like good, bad, healthy, unhealthy, like I'm catching myself in binary language that I use on myself a lot. Oh, okay. And... In Come As You Are by the amazing Emily Nagoski, she talks about something called non-concordance, sexual non-concordance, where your brain arousal isn't necessarily lined up with your body arousal. And that's true for a lot of people, not just women. And it's it's oh. it's a, it's more common in women, but it's a very real thing where it's like, and so at the end of the day, you're supposed to, according to her kind of takeaways and the research that they've done, there is stuff where it's like, uh, use lube or like a lot of spit, like find a way to get it wet if you're feeling horny. And at the end of the day, yeah. like trust oh. your decision making. So I just want to throw that out there because I'm trying to like attack all the ways that I judge myself. And then I'm like offering that to others as well with questions. So. Yeah, no, I'm here for it. Just share it with me. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I, well, I don't think 17 year old, I don't know how old I was at that point, 18 maybe. Yeah. I don't think I even knew what lube was, but <laughs> very interesting. Now I think I just use like spit because I find myself no. always wet. I thought lube in college, I thought lube was a flavored fun sex thing. Like I didn't know that there wasn't flavored lube because I'd only gotten like little packets. And so I really didn't understand the function of it. And the second person I ever had sex with was a very dry time and I but I didn't even know that it should be wet. So yeah. Oh, interesting. Unflavored lube. Yeah. I'll gotta look into that. Yeah. Okay, so wait, here's another question for college, since I haven't asked enough college questions. You're ten years younger than I am. Did you get any sort of like primer at college about like here are the campus rules about how we treat people sexually or is there any sort of like safety thing? Oh. No? health and safety we did not get any okay. safety thing okay. we got a we used to have a board of sex 
in our dorm room. It just had sexual information on it, so transmission of sexual diseases, stuff like that, but nobody had spoken to us about it. And then there was a bowl of condoms, mm. obviously. Mm. Okay. Which they would refill at the end of the week, I believe. <laughs> okay, so back to where we left off with you, you and this partner, and how did, did you only see them the once, or, or did you continue to see them? Yeah, it was just continuously throughout the summer. Okay. Yeah, and then I'd gone into my second and third year of university, and I hadn't really seen anybody. I just wasn't interested in anybody. I was just focused on self-love. I was focused on masturbation. I was focused on loving myself, working on myself. So I'd not, I didn't really see anybody. When did you masturbate? Did you have a roommate? Like, were you in dorms? Or did you have private time? <laughs> I had, in my first year, I lived with another person. And then in my final years, I lived in a house of six girls. How did you ever masturbate? Where did you do it? Oh, or would you just like tell I'm each very other? Open with it. Yeah, I'm okay. very open. They were all a little reserved. I'd just say, you know, I'm just, I'm going to go jerk off now. They'd be like, okay. Wow. And I would just play my music. And yeah, I, I'm just very open with How did my you... sexual everything. How? How did you get to be this open when you didn't come from a family? Like you just have always felt this way? I just think it's really tabooed. And I just don't like that there's so much stigmatization about especially talking about women's sexual arousal. And I also had this friend who loved her to death. She really was the first one to actually openly talk about masturbation with me. Mm. And when she started talking about it, I thought, oh, okay, like, I can talk about this more. I met her in my first year of undergrad. Okay, awesome. Oh, well, uh, shout out to her. We love her. Great. Oh, she knows I'm doing this podcast. I'm very excited to share it with her. Double shout out. Wig librations. <laughs> <laughs> so she definitely helped me talking about everything. And I just thought the more you talk about it, the less people will be freaked out or weirded out yeah. about it, you yeah. know? Okay. So take us through your sexual journey. What happened next? What details do we get to next? So then I moved back home because I finished school. Uh-huh. This friend, this, my current partner, we become close friends at that point. So as soon as we finish undergrad, we become really close friends. And then I started exploring a little bit more in my hometown. So then I started downloading dating apps. And that was my source of hooking up, dating apps, because there was nobody really I knew and I was just more comfortable with it. And after I would go on these dating apps, it was kind of like a a swipe, hey, how are you? Little bit of conversation, just to make sure they weren't like a murderer. (laughs) I would just say, listen, do you want to hook up? Do you want to hang out? And they would pick me up and then we would hook up in their car or my car, whatever it was. And then that was it. I would just usually hook up, usually would do everything I'm comfortable with. I would obviously say, listen, I'm not that comfortable with doing, for example, if I didn't want to have sex that day, like, hey, listen, I'm not really comfortable with having sex today. Like, are you okay just to do oral? And that I actually got from you listening to your podcast because I had never thought of telling people what I'm comfortable with. When I want to have sexual relations with people, I always start with, what are you comfortable with? What are you into? What do you like? And I literally got that from your podcast. Oh my God, that's amazing. Okay, do you wait until like the moment you're about to do stuff? Or is it like at the beginning? Like, do you just, how do you decide when to do it? Because I'm still struggling. I'm not very <laughs> good at implementing the things myself. The hookup culture to me is very straightforward and to the point. Mm. So I like to do it usually when we're finding a spot. So when they pick me up and then we look for our my typical school parking lot mm-hmm. or library parking lot or what have you, I, I'll say, hey, how's your night? How are you? Okay, what are you comfortable with? What do you like? And then they're kind of like, whoa, whoa, you're so straightforward. I'm like, yes, I'm very direct with everything. And I like to know things before we 
get to the back because if we get to the back then there's an awkward conversation and then there's like some distance and pauses and I don't really want that I just want to go right for it one time I've gotten a that is so mature of you and I love that and they actually started to do it in their future hookup so that was one another one I remember was just completely thrown off and he had said I am more of a go with the flow type of person and I thought okay that's fine this is what I don't want to do. This is what I'm not into. Yeah. And I just expect myself anyways, just so there was that idea in their head. Okay. And how was that? He didn't like try to push his flow over your boundaries, right? Because that's what I've encountered with people that are like, I'm a natural dom means they want to choke me without ever warning me or talking about it or finding out what I'm comfortable with. Yeah. No, they usually respect me. Because I usually, with these little conversations I'll have in, on Tinder or what have you, I usually have to feel out the type of person like if it's a response like hey sexy you want to fuck i'm gonna be like no this is not what i want whereas it's like a hey how's your name like what are you looking for it's more like a casual respectful way of approaching it love it okay are you doing things like same night too or do you like do a day or two in advance like how do you feel it out and how do you know when it's hookup culture is it just the app that you're using See, I know it's hookup culture because in my eyes, I never want anything serious. Mm, okay. At one point, I really wanted someone consistent mm-hmm. just because I thought it would be easier and don't have to go through the trouble of going through this stupid dating app and finding a new person and going through this process all over again. Yeah. But when I liked the finding different people, it was fun to me because it was someone new, a new experience. Like, what's going to happen this time? Like, what are they into? Are they going to do what I like? Like, you know, like there's so many things that go into hookup culture here. But usually it would be the same night. Typically it's when I'm high at night because I, I do like to, you know, dabble in the totally. that industry. And obviously, again, under the influence, extra horny. Mm-hmm. So that's when I would go on these apps and just message, hey, like, what are you doing? How are you? You want to hang out? You want to fuck? When I first went to hook up with a woman, I we actually both had this conversation with each other. Yeah, it was more of like a, hey, so like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, what are you comfortable with? And they... They had said to me, oh, that's so funny. I was going to ask you. It was just so much more natural to have this type of conversation where it was like a fully and then we joked in between and then we like got into it. That was really refreshing. That's beautiful. It's kind of interesting that culturally, at least in Western culture here, we have this idea that like to be masculine includes bravery. But it's like, oh, yeah, are you brave enough to initiate the safe sex conversation and the what do you want conversation that allows your partner to feel relaxed so that they can orgasm awesomely with you? No? Okay. Okay. Exactly. Let's redefine bravery. <laughs> and then when it comes to bringing up like protection and safer sex things, how's that been for you? So I used to be very passive and I actually never used to talk about sexual health. Mm-hmm. The first time I had sex, I actually didn't use a condom, which was so irresponsible. Were you on birth control? Yeah, I was on birth okay. control. Oof. Yeah, I know. At least there's something there, but it still wasn't great. I realize that now I never really asked, okay. hey, can we use a condom? I think I had asked the first guy that I had slept with, I had asked, like, maybe we could use a condom. And I remember him saying, oh, I don't have any. And I thought I could get some. And then he said, oh, I don't like the way it feels. Like, I don't think it'll fit. And mm. ha- young me was really like, okay, like, maybe he really just doesn't like how I felt. And so I would have sex anyways, condomless, and I realize that it's very irresponsible and you should not do that. You should always wear a fucking condom. It just puts you at a greater risk for contracting some yummy, yummy, yummy smells in your privates. 
and itchies or burnies or all the things. Like that's don't want that is, that. yeah, no thanks. Okay, but it sounds like you've avoided those things so far. Yes, I don't have any STDs. I did have a a UTI mm-hmm. that was after I actually had sex without a condom. Yeah, and that was not fun. Okay, it was not fun. It was my pee would burn, and I kind of had to walk with like my legs apart and take oh, stuff out because I didn't like the way it felt. Yeah, that was not fun. Okay, well let's switch gears and go into fun things. What are some of your favorite things about sex? What aren't my favorite things about sex? My God. (laughs) I love sex. I think sex is the greatest thing in the world. I love kissing. Mm. I love the slow burn, the tongue. For me personally, when I'm kissing somebody, I like making my way down, like kissing them at the lips and then slowly making my way down. And then I like giving oral. Mm. And then obviously it'll lead into whatever else it leads into. Yeah. Tell us about your kissing style. Can you describe it with words? I can try. So I have really big lips. Mm. So I find that I love to suction on and then suck a little bit. And then like, I love like, ironically, I love spit. Like I love spitting and I just love like spit in my mouth, spit on me, like spit in me. I'll use my spit and I'll kiss you down all the way. Like I just love I just love everything about it. That's amazing. Do you tell partners that or do you just like wait for them to spit on you? If it's a hookup, I never used to say I like spit Mm -hmm. because people always used to think, ew, spit. Like that's so gross. Mm -hmm. But why is it gross? I think it's gross. And so with my partner now, I do say, listen, I like when you spit in my mouth. I like when you spit in my vagina. I love when you spit in me. And now he spits in me, which is great. I love that. Beautiful. And like, sorry. Yeah, let's back up and talk about the transition into this more regular partnership. We kind of like got distracted at the end. Tell us what that's like for you. So my hookup culture, it kept going from when I finished undergrad right up until very recently. I'm going to say May of this year. So in the beginning of June, this friend and I, we had been really good friends. I've known them since high school, Mm -hmm. but we became really, really close third or second year of university, something like that. and. So recently, we were just hanging out. It was a normal hangout. And people always think that we're dating anyways because we're just really close. And there was never anything sexual between us. Like, we would kiss if we were drunk. So it was like a fun kiss. I was like, oh, my God, like, you're li- I love you so much. You're such a good friend. Kiss. Mwah. Right? Totally. We always used to deny these allegations. Like, no, we're not dating. I don't like them. Like, no way. And then one day, we were just hanging out. We we're doing some, you know, getting a little under the influence there. And one day he just grabbed me and said, do you want to go into my basement? And I thought, all right. I never thought that we would like have sex because, you know, we'd never hooked up like that before. And then that was just something we would do. Like, you want to watch TV in my basement? I'd like, oh, okay, sure. Like, no one's having sex tonight. And then we put on TV. We put on good old we like Zach and Cody and he had asked me, we were sitting so far on the couch from each other and he looked at me and he goes, why are you sitting so far away? And I thought, Oh, I don't know. I just usually sit like this. And then I had moved closer and then we just kind of looked at each other and started making out. Had you picked up on any signals before or were you, was this all surprising? Like when you sat on the far side of the couch, were you like, am I supposed to sit far or, sh-? or like, was it just all a shock? I think when he had asked me, why are you sitting so far? I thought, oh, 
Okay. So you want me to sit closer, like, so you want to do something. So that was kind of shocking to me, but I was so for it because, yeah. like, I'm just so comfortable with That's them. Great. And yeah. Wow. Okay. Back to kissing and body feelings. So you love yes. kissing. You kiss all the way down. You suction on with your big lips. And now you've told this partner that you enjoy spit. So hopefully you can get some spits when it suits you. Oh, I got spit all the time. Oh, yay. And then tell us some details about going down. Okay. So when I give oral with men, I really like to focus on the tip and the balls. And then I like to throw a little bit of butt action in there. Ooh. Do you ask ahead of time or do you just like test it out? I don't test it out. I usually like ask or okay. I kind of see how they react when my hand goes a little bit lower than the ball. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if it's kind of like a shock, I'll like bring it back up and just focus on the penis area. Yeah. If there's no shock, then I'll just kind of be like, oh, okay. Like, let me caress the cheeks a little bit. Yeah. yeah. See what happens. <laughs> do you feel comfortable saying if your current partner is into butt play? They are also into men and women. Okay. They're very much into butt stuff. Cool. Have you given a rim job is what I was trying to get at. <laughs> I have. Cool. I have. And it is fantastic. I love having that power mm. and seeing them make that face and them making, when they moan, oh, wow. Yeah. What about when you go down on people with vaginas and clitorises? Clitori? Clitorises? Clitori? I, I think it would be clitori. <laughs> Sounds good. That I'm a little bit more gentle because for me personally, I know how sensitive my vagina and my clit is. Mm-hmm. So I like to kind of keep that in mind. But again, I've had conversations before as to how gentle or how hard to be. But from my experience, they like it really soft. So I like to kiss the front part. Oh, I don't know what this is called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the outer folds. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I like to kiss that. Okay. And usually my mouth is like full of spit. So I'll like do like a lick and kiss. Okay. And then I'll do like a little bit of like a licking kiss and stuff okay. and see where that goes. Over the whole and thing with the like the whole outer labia and everything? Okay. Yeah, just the outer labia. And then before I go down to like the vaginal canal or the clit, I like to kiss the thighs mm-hmm. and then slowly make my way into it and kiss the lips. And then when I go down to the clit, I'll start at the clit because I usually find that if you go right for fingering, it's not something they enjoy as much. So I'll like start at the clit, I'll like kiss the clit a little bit i'll do like a lick and tongue action yeah so like i'll lick really fast and then i'll lick really slow and then i'll kiss it and sometimes i'll give it like a nice big suck and then it's just like a fusion of like all three whatever works whatever whatever you hear your partner moans that's when you know oh i'm doing it right let me do that again or let me try something else if this isn't working and then after i stimulate the clit then i'll start inserting my fingers like into the vagina and that's when I usually find that they're wet so then I'm thinking okay it's not like you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I've never from the women that I've been with they've never been into butt stuff so okay. I've never done anything like that awesome and then tell us I heard you have a sensitive clit tell us about the rest of your parts and what they like so I'm sensitive everywhere okay my nipples are extremely sensitive it's like a good sensitive okay. where you kind of need a little bit of pressure. Like, for example, I love, like, biting my nipples, but not, like, such an intense bite that I'm like, you're going to bite it off. Yes. But a nice, like, like a like, nibble. <laughs> and then my clit, I find, is really sensitive. If you gently touch it with, like, one finger, I'll feel it and I'll go, whoa, oh, yeah. that's like a chill I just got. So I need a little bit of pressure. 
Yeah. Okay. And so when a partner is going down on you, are there certain things that they can or can't do because of that sensitivity? And how do you communicate it? So usually it doesn't stop the oral performance by my partner, but I do really enjoy the sucking of your clip. Like I really love that. That is really good. That's awesome. Have you received butt pleasures yourself? So I've done it to myself, not like full penetration, just more of like a nice rim job. Yeah, yeah. But I did recently try anal, very recently. How was it for you? It was great. We didn't do all the way. It was just like a little bit, but I thought it was fantastic. I actually was, again, inspired by your podcast because you had said there was buttgasm. And I thought, what the hell is a buttgasm? Right. And I looked into it and I thought, oh my God, I want to get into butt stuff. (laughs) So now I'm looking on these websites for butt plugs because I'm really in it but yeah oh that's awesome okay okay so tell us more about you were mentioning sensitive nipples we said sensitivity everywhere and like you like the biting on the nipples can you orgasm from them so i haven't had a nipple gasm if you want to call it that mm-hmm. but i have gotten really close like okay. i've gotten like edge to the point where i'm like oh my god i could finish wow i haven't gotten to that point yet and i don't know if i ever will or it has to be with other elements, for example, my all-time favorite combination is butt, clit, and nip. Ooh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Like, just working all three of yeah. those. Those are just great. Like, you could do that to me all day, and I would just... What about also like, mouth with kissing or, like, like fingers or something else? Like, you run out of parts. And... Obviously, like, mouth. Yeah. Yes. I mean, parts. <laughs> like, you run out of hands and toes, and that's when you need a threesome. <laughs> I'm really into finger fucking. Yeah. Really into that. Like, whether it's my own or a partner um i just think it's so hot totally anything else about your body that we need to know like what else is notable mentionable hair pulling are we into anything like that oh anything like that i love hair pulling people really like neck kisses i like neck licks which is like yeah like when they lick the neck and then also like ears ears are also really sensitive like if you just make that with my ear i'll I love it. That's beautiful. Do you have preference for like, do you like sloppy neck kisses or like thin tongues getting dragged across lightly or is it just depend on where you are? Definitely a thin tongue. I don't want a slobbery neck. I'm not a vampire. I don't expect <laughs> you to bite my neck and leave a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be very like, I don't do saliva. And now I've realized that the amount of like slobber, saliva, biting and everything that I receive for me seems to relate to my arousal level. Like the further I am into subspace, we're just like allowed to drool over a partner, the more drool I can accept. <laughs> oh, interesting. I might have to try that out. Just throwing out ideas. I don't know. Okay. I love the ideas. I'm going to use them in real life, maybe tomorrow or tonight. Yeah. Oh, yay. What about like your actual just like butt, butt, like the part that gets slapped? Or Are you into any sort of other physical sensations we haven't talked about yet? Very much into slapping. I love just being hit across my ass. Like, I love, like, the two or the one. Yes. And it has to be hard. Like, yes. it's got to be a nice hard slap. If it's gentle, I'm going to think, okay, like, I'm not getting hit. Like, it just feels like a little, like, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I need to be, like, abused. Like, yeah. I need a bruise on my butt. I also, like... Wait, do you coach your partners through that? I do. Yeah, I'll say, like, harder or faster. Okay. Just like that. Just to, like, reassure them. Awesome. I also, like in the face with a dick oh yes how did you discover that you liked that one time it happened by accident 
And I just really enjoyed it because I was giving oral uh-huh. and they were about to finish uh-huh. and I wanted it in my mouth. And so when they had taken it out of my mouth, they accidentally like let go. And so it hit my face and I thought, oh my God. And then I missed the jizz. It actually went on my cheek and not in my mouth. That's kind of hot though. It was so hot. I was like, oh my God, like, can you slap me with your dick again? As you're coming? That I want that. I want to try that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Learn something new. Yeah. Oh, so much inspiration. That's so cool. How did you learn in the first place how to go down on people? I didn't really learn. Okay. The one thing I had always heard about oral sex was don't use your teeth. <laughs> so I always used to be like, oh my God, okay, I have to make sure I like, they have to be like, a, I don't have like a dentures in, like it has yes. to be like a gum. <laughs> That's what I have to feel. The first time I went down on someone, I like went down for a little bit, like I did my stroke one, two, and I asked, I said, do you feel any teeth? That's great. And they said, no, I don't feel any. So I thought, okay, great. And then I just kind of would go with the flow to see what their faces were like, what they liked. And then I would add my hands into it. And then I would like just try other things. Like I just kind of taught myself. That's awesome. Okay. Tell us more turn-ons or turn-offs that we haven't gotten to yet. There's nothing physical that turns me off. Okay. Like I don't think there's anything that physically unappealing to me I find that there's beauty in everybody and I always find something that I think is beautiful and not enough for me to turn on this one that's what I think oh my god like you are so hot to me I need you in me beautiful so it sounds like there could be some turn offs that are mental or emotional is that what I'm reading between those lines definitely I don't like disrespectful or mean people mm-hmm. I also don't like closed-minded people if you're close-minded to me, like, I just don't feel like I can be accepted. I can be who I am in front of you. So that to me is just like a huge turnoff. Yeah. I get afraid that I'm going to be judged in bed because I see how they are judging other people. And I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't want that. And then I'll just be anxious and in my head and worrying about like the fact that you're maybe lying to my face and then you're going to tell your friends how I suck later or something. Yeah, I would rather you be honest and upfront with me than go behind my back and say, oh my God, this girl, I just fuck horrible. Like, I'd rather you tell me. Like, I need the notes, too. I can learn for next time. Totally. Have you had any specific stories where you're like, bye, that are worth mentioning that we can learn from? Okay. Oh, definitely. The first time I had sex with a guy, what had happened was, again, at the beginning of all of my hookups, if I do find that it's going to be something a little bit more casual where I'm going to see you often... I'm going to let you know that I'm not into a relationship. Like, I'm not interested in pursuing that. I'm just interested in sex. Mm -hmm. And so with this guy, I had told him, because I think I had slept with him at three or four times at this point, which is quite frequent for me. So then on the next time, I had said, listen, like, I just want to let you know I'm not into a relationship. Like, that's not for me. Like, I just don't see myself dating anybody. And he had agreed. He thought, okay, like, that's fine. Like, totally understandable. And so... At some point, I just lost interest, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to sleep with him anymore. And so when we had hung out one time, I brought it up, and I had said, listen, like, I'm not interested in, like, sleeping with you anymore. I just wanted to tell you instead of ghosting you, which is so prevalent nowadays. Yep. If it was me, I would rather be told up front, I'm not interested in sleeping with you anymore, rather than just be ghosted. Same. So when I told him this, he got really upset and said that, that's not right. I don't understand why you would do that. And then he went on to attack me and how I was emotionally unavailable and that and I would never find love and all this stuff and he yelled at me he literally just yelled at me and I literally told him to get out of the car and so he walked home barefoot this was almost the middle of winter so I 
was so happy about it. Wait, did you steal his shoes? What do you mean? So we were just in the back and our shoes just came off because we were just sitting in the back. I just wanted to get the fuck out of the car and he just left with no shoes on. I didn't care. You know, and, and then when I hear those experiences, I'm like, oh, I have more compassion for people who ghost because they don't want to put up with that shit because people attack you when you try to be a regular person and communicate. I've gotten that too. Yeah, I don't understand why people just can't be direct. I just I just find that it's the easiest way to go. Yeah. And it's just respectful to the other person and yeah. yourself. Yeah. Okay, so could you just tell me then, specifically, what do you need in order to actually have an orgasm? So when I'm by myself is when I masturbate. I do have a toy, and I do like my toy. And I find that her name is Daisy. I find that Daisy is great. So Daisy is a purple dual head dildo. and They're always purple. I know. I don't know. I have a pink one and a purple one, and I don't know why they're always these colors. Like, give me a blue one. <laughs> okay. Okay. So she's she's a dual head. What is a dual head like? Like the clit and the inside, or like? Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. It's the clit and the inside. I think that's the dual head, or it might be called the rabbit. The rabbit. Thing. Okay. But yeah. So I have that. She's my second dildo. My first one is a, her name is Rose. She's like a nice hot pink butterfly clit stimulator. Oh my God, I love these names. I have to name everything because I just, I love it. Yeah. I love, I think everything deserves to have that in your life where you have at least a name for it. Do you still have her? I do still have her. She's more of a clit simulator and she's more of a lower vibration. Okay. So I don't really use her as much mm. because she has three settings, whereas my lovely Daisy has seven. Mm, yeah. For each head, like the clit and the inside, there's seven for each. Cool. So with my vibrator, I find that it takes me a, a lot less time to come. Okay. And I can usually mix and match the settings, mm -hmm. which is like great. Mm -hmm. With a partner, I usually find that, again, there's so many types of finishing. When I finish from penetration alone, that might take a little bit longer. Yeah, that definitely takes a lot longer. But if I finish from oral, oral I can finish very quick. <gasps> because Amazing. Yeah, if you know what you're doing and you know what I like, I will finish like that. Oh. Congratulations. Are you, Thank you are you a multi person? Like can you orgasm over and over again in an evening or day or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think the most amount of times I've orgasmed in one day is seven. Great. Yeah. I am extremely horny. I will masturbate any chance I get. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you have any other toys or toys you want to have? So there's two that I actually just ordered. There's one that's going around on Twitter. It's called the, if everyone's listening, you guys should 100% get it. It's called the Rose Simulator. Our past guest, Rebecca, has a rose and has been filling me in about it. And she's like, this is amazing. I think she said it has like 22 settings or something. Like it's something. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm curious. I have a bunch of satisfiers now, which are really cool because you can like micro adjust their like. Oh. It's re the app is actually way cool. They're very much pushing their app, and this is not an ad, but like I'm like, ooh, like it's better than pushing buttons because I always like let go of my buttons, and you can just use your finger to swipe, and you don't even have to look. So I've been like very spoiled, but like I keep hearing great things about this rose. I like had a premonition you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, when I ordered the rose, I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited because the website here in Canada, Pink Cherry, has eighty percent off right now all vibrators. Beautiful. So. When I saw the rose, I thought, oh, my God, I need this. Fuck and yeah. So then I got a regular clip sucker okay. with that as well. But this is like a next week. Oh, okay. Well, let me know what you think.
Of course. Do you identify as kinky? Like, I hear slapping, I hear choking. Like, is there more stuff that you want to explore there? I'm definitely open to everything. Mm -hmm. As long as there's a conversation about it, I'm open to try anything. My partner and I have actually been interested in a threesome Mm -hmm. or foursome more recently. But that's a little bit on the the newer side. So there's that. But a lot of the things that I'm interested in exploring, I explore with an open mind. So I would be down to try anything. I really, I really want to try being blindfolded Mm. and tied up. Like, those are so interesting to me with, like, rope, harness, all that. And then, like, fantasies, like, you know, like, starting, like, a schoolgirl fantasy or, like, uh, a prisoner in, like, a jail. Or what's it called? Yeah, like a warden, the guard. Warden. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Like, I'm really interested in trying really everything. Would you want to wear costumes or would you just want to, like, say the fantasies and play the characters i think i would want to wear the costume oh, cool. or like have some sort of aspect into yeah, it yeah 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 this threesome or group sex fantasy how did it come about how did you guys talk about it what have you discussed like what's the ultimate fantasy version so it's actually funny because i had gone up with my friends recently to a cottage and we all got really drunk and we would just joke about the idea of oh my god like we should have a threesome ha 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 so it was my partner and I, and then the other couple, one of them had actually said, oh, and gotten a little bit more like serious about it. And then they discussed with their partner about the idea. And they had reached out to me, I think it was a couple of days ago, just asking oh. like, yeah, it's really recent. This is so fresh. Like just asking like, how would it work? They were saying like, have you done it before? What are you into? Like, what are you, what are we looking at? And it was just, something we're talking about now obviously i don't know if it'll happen but it's definitely something i'm so interested in having and participating in just because it it seems so fun and i know them like we're all really good friends so i think it would be a lot of fun to explore that would be like ideal that would be honestly my preference if i had like friends that wanted to like hang out and fuck and not be weird afterwards that sounds awesome yeah okay yeah and i don't think it would be weird because like we're just we've all obviously it's like very basic but we've all like made out before yeah and it's not weird because we can all like be together and still hang out and joke it's just great i think i'm living my best life it sounds like you are okay so here's a question though would you want group sex type things in like a club or party setting or would you like bring your partner to a club or party and play in a group sort of environment like that I think I would definitely bring my partner into a group setting like that just because if I go into a setting where it's a bunch of strangers, like, for example, like a sex party, I wouldn't know anyone. So I think I would be a little bit more reserved just because I don't know the rules or the boundaries set up by the party itself. So if I brought my partner along, we could at least figure it out together and go about it. Even if we were just watching, Mm -hmm. it would just teach us more things anyways. And then like, oh, we could try that or, oh, that looks interesting, like. I suspect that if you were at a sex party where you felt like you had the lay of the land or even were like one of the space holders for other, like one of the anchors, because I feel like I've only been to two sex parties, but there were clearly like the people running it and then their friends and they hold space and energy in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I just have a feeling that you would do quite fine if you like felt, (laughs) if you used all your amazing communication skills (laughs) and felt like you knew the rules. Like I just feel like you'd do great. I'm hoping, like, I think if I get there and I had the communication, like, laid out, I think I'd just be fucking everybody and anyone just there. I just have a great time. 
it's always a tricky fantasy question because obviously it depends on who is showing up and what is the chemistry yeah. vibe like that, you know, but if that's the given, then that's okay. Okay. Yeah. Are you into things like sexting and nudes and dirty talk? Oh, very much. <laughs> I'm very much into all of that. I'm a big nude sender. I love sharing my body. I love sharing pictures because Quite honestly, when I look at my own nude, I think, holy fuck, I'm so hot. I could jerk off to myself right now. And I do because like, I'm just so in love with myself. I think everything about me is beautiful and hot and sexy. And I just I love it. That's so fucking beautiful, especially I'm thinking of what you told us at the beginning about the love examples that you didn't grow up with. Like, yeah. How did you get there? How did you learn to love yourself so fucking much? This is beautiful. I really just think back in high school when I would hear like friends my age thinking, oh my God, I hate this about myself or I'm so insecure about this. Or, I don't, I would change this about myself. I would just look at them and be like, why do you want to change anything about yourself? I think everyone has something about themselves that they love. And I actually read this Tumblr post and it had said, in order to help yourself achieve total love, you should start by talking to yourself every day. And naming five things you love about yourself. Mm. Yeah. And I started doing that at a really young age. I think I started with like my personality, obviously, because as a kid, I was like overweight. So my parents would comment on my weight, like, oh my God, like oh. your pants don't fit. And <gasps> so that was kind of like, yeah, I never like thought of it as a big deal then because I thought, whatever, I'm a kid, like I'll grow up. Like, yeah. It's not a big deal. And so by then I had read this Tumblr post. And so I started commenting about my personality. So I had thought, I love that I'm so kind. I love that I do this. I love that I laugh a lot. I love like all this stuff. And so gradually throughout my whole life, I would just think about things that I love to call myself. And so if there's ever something where I'm like, oh, like I wish I could change that. I just think no, because I love this, 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 this about myself. And so now I've gotten to this point where I'm literally in love with myself and I'm just so aroused by myself because there's nothing I don't love about myself. Ah, That's amazing. I fucking love that. How did you learn to dirty talk? Like, are you into, like, what's your dirty talk experience like? Just what I've seen on, like, TV. But even whatever I've seen on TV, I just think, ew, it's so cringy. So, like, I just think, oh, I don't want to do that. Like, sometimes on TV, they'd be like, oh, like, I'm so horny thinking about you. And they would just say it in such a weird way and use these fucking stupid emojis. And I was like, that ruins the whole vibe of the test. Like. So then I would just think, what would I want whispered to me, like, during, like, you know, in bed? And then I would just kind of, like, mimic that. Like, I love the teasing, like, the, oh, yeah, like, you like that? Like, yeah, like, tell me more, like, stuff like that. Fuck yeah. So much stuff like that for me is contextual. Like, when I am with my master, like, there's, which often on master, when we are together, like, there are some things that, like, when we're, like, really in it, it's like, yes, love, perfect, dirty, hot, hot, hot. Yeah. And then if I'm having an off day, I'll, like, look back on it and I'll be like, pathetic? I don't know. Are we dumb? Is it stupid? Is everything bad? Like, ugh, am I worse than, like, shitty TV or bad porn? You know, like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I, I always am curious about that because that judgment is inside of me. Like, it's not coming. And it's like that weird thing where you're, like, looking outside but it's yourself yeah (laughs) is there anything we haven't covered yet i'm interested in seeing if there's other kinks that i have that i don't know about yet like for example i didn't really know that i had a daddy kink like i didn't know i loved saying daddy and better like okay that's good to know when did you discover that how did you discover that so 
I used to see it like on TV or people used to say, oh my God, I call my partner daddy in bed. And I just thought that's literally disgusting. Why would you ever do that? But then I was like, if it works for you, it works for you. And so my recent partner has actually said to me, he goes, if you ever want to say daddy, like that's okay. And I thought, oh, so I tried it out with him the next time. And I loved it. It was the hottest thing ever. I thought this is so interesting. I learned something new about myself. Well, that's a context shift. I also love how he invited it. If you ever want to say daddy, that's, that's hot. That's great. Oh, he's so hot. He, <laughs> I know he's going to listen to this podcast. Like he is so fine. He knows what he's doing. He just knows. Oh my God. I'm so happy for you. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else about your sex life that we need to know or that's contextual for knowing about you as a sexual person? For some context, I was sexually assaulted when I was a kid, and it was kind of repetitive, but I didn't know what was wrong then, mm. because I wasn't taught about consent or what's right or what's wrong or who can touch you and who can't touch you. So when I grew up, I realized it was wrong, and I think it turned into something where I became hypersexual in a way, but I definitely learned to adapt and grow from it. It doesn't define me as a person and help me become who I am today. It helped me grow and love everything about myself. And it taught me so much mm. about everything, about consent, people, body language, everything. So I don't want to say that I'm thankful for it, but I'm grateful for what I've learned and how my life has turned out now. Okay. And it doesn't stop me from anything. Can you just tell us what support you had in processing that trauma or what healing you did for it? Yeah. So I didn't tell anybody actually when I was younger because again, I didn't know it was wrong. So I kind of just like had myself and had to just go through it and learn everything on my own and develop into that thinking of this is wrong. That's not allowed. That isn't okay. That shouldn't happen to you into it's okay to like ask for consent. It's okay to do this. It's okay to take these precautionary measures before getting into anything. I think if I had opened up to someone at the time and realized that just because of the way I grew up, I feel like my family would have thought I was making it up mm. just because that's not something that's very common in this culture at all. It's not something like, for example, also mental health isn't talked about either. So it would be the same where they kind of think, oh, it's in your head. Like it's just made up. Like you're a kid. Like I don't think I believe you. Okay. And also like, thank God you found that self-love practice. Yeah. The self-love, I think, was a big part of me, like, growing up and loving myself. But I definitely think when I realized what had happened, I used my self-love methods and my self-caring methods to learn from that and go from that and to seize into my, my life now. And I, like I said, I don't let it hold me back. I just, I learned from it. Learned from it, yeah. What do you hope for your sex life going forward? I hope that it remains fun and adventurous and I hope that it's consistent mm -hmm. that's what I hope I just hope to discover new things about myself and new things about my partner and other ways I can please them or other ways I can be pleased and just apply that the rest of my life I hope I always have sex oh yeah I hope so too it sounds like you're off to a really promising start so I think may it continue to be so please sex god <laughs> when do you feel the most appreciated sexually like for me, it's like when I see my partner wanting me and I feel like it's the exact same amount or not, not exact same, but just like 
when I'm in tune with that desire and I'm doing things with them and I'm in the flow and they like are like showing me how much. Let's see. Yeah, I guess maybe this is a terrible question. No, I kind of love it. No, I because I because I, there's like a texture here that's very specific because it's like I feel deeply appreciated when my master comes on my face. I feel deeply appreciated when I'm being like vigorously anal fucked like I feel deeply yeah. appreciated when we lay in each other's arms afterwards I feel deeply appreciated at the very beginning of a session when I'm bent over a couch or my pole or a whatever a chair and like I'm getting inspected yeah. so I think it's things like that where I'm just like like there's like a look or a touch or a grab or a being in sync with a person okay I like how that cleared it up for me a couple of things I really love I know what I'm I'm being appreciated when I see their eyes roll back, like while I'm giving a coral or while I'm on top. Like that's that's when I know I'm like, holy fuck, I'm doing a good job. Or like after, like when they kiss me on the cheek or they kiss my forehead. And then, or sometimes it's just eye contact. Like if we're just sitting there, like staring at each other, I'll just think, yeah, this is it. Like this is how I know I'm appreciated. And I feel so appreciated right now. Fuck yeah. Also, I love like getting appreciative text messages later or just like callbacks of like I'm sore oh, like yeah. I love to like tell my partner about the soreness <laughs> yeah my partner and I were taking a break because we've just been fucking so much and he goes I look at we need we need to take a break because I just think oh my god I literally fucked you so hard that you need a break like <laughs> who can say that <laughs> I love it that's amazing <laughs> if you could go back in time and give younger you a piece of sex advice what age would you pick and what would you say I definitely give sex advice to a really younger me. I think I'd give it to like nine year old me and just let her know that it's okay. Like it's okay to want to explore things. It's okay to ask for consent. It's okay to ask questions and be curious. Like it's not something that should be shut down because of these restrictions that you grew up with. Like everything's okay and it will always be okay. Even if something doesn't work out in a way that you'd like, it's still okay because you learn from it. Right. Fuck yeah. Beautiful. Do you have a sex question for me? I do. When you masturbate, are you more of a visual person? Like, do you like looking at videos or pictures, or can you use your imagination? I'm almost always imagination. Like, I, if, if I get ordered to watch a porn, I will watch it. I'm a very specific type of lazy. Like, I'm a workaholic in so many ways, but also because a lot of my work is so hypersexual. And, like, most of the time, my energy in the world is me just, like, keeping my turn on in, like, because it, it's mm-hmm. it's actually not culturally, socially appropriate to be, like, as horny out in the world. I'm sure you understand. You can't just be, like, you know, <laughs> touching people at the grocery <laughs> store on purpose. You know, and so so for me, it's usually just right there under the surface waiting for any amount of, like, physical stimulation to get let out. But I also, like, love looking at stuff. And in some ways, ooh, maybe I'm, like, a sex camel, too. I just had a guest talk about being a sex camel. I, I do think that I, like, take in all the visual information and it's just like swirling around and I typically use my imagination not to see like scenes but to imagine flashes of feelings from like either past loverships or things that I've recently like heard about or read about and so for me it's like it'll be like fingers on my throat is one of my go-tos or like imagining the specific feeling of like 
how I know my, this is very specific, but like how I know my asshole like squeezes and pumps when I'm having an, an orgasm. And just like those specific physical feelings are oftentimes kind of my touchstones. And then also just like imagining fantasies. Like I love to imagine the ridiculously larger than life <laughs> sex party orgies that I hope to create one day. And they're years away because they're like truly grandiose and it, it will only happen if like a series of things go in the right direction. But like yeah. I love stuff like that. Like I love to just kind of play with imagination. So not knocking porn, but it tends to stress me out because like looking for it and I want to be ethical, but then economical, but then also like pay creators. But then I go down the rabbit hole of finding creators and I'm like, oh shit, should I be doing more sexy stuff? So it kind of like spins yeah. me off the rails sometimes. But if someone sends me something hot, I love that. Or even just like a sexy gif. I'll te totally look at that. Oh yeah. Love that. 100% I agree. Yeah. Oh my God. Andy. I'm so excited for your future sex life and your current sex life and your past sex life. Sounds like it was pretty fucking great. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me on this lovely sex positive podcast. <laughs>